Welcome back to Talking Jesus with your host, Eric Arena. And just a reminder, Jesus is the real deal, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah and good morning. Welcome back to Talking Jesus. I am your host, as always, Eric Arena. What a great day it is to be alive. What a great day it is to thank God for being who he is and to commit ourselves to him and his word. I'm just so glad that you guys continue to return to Talking Jesus. I hope that in Talking Jesus, this is a formative conversation where you can fall in love with God, with who he is, you know, completely backed by his word and how he sees the world. That's what we're going to continue to do is talk about how God sees us using his word as, you know, truly speaking to us in our darkest, deepest times. God is just trying to communicate his will for us in in our lives. And sometimes it can escape us because we get really consumed with everything going on externally and we forget to acknowledge him. And so that will be kind of the message that we go through today. In the past three episodes, we've kept on this theme of abandonment, and I think it's gone really well. And again, more and more people have been listening and giving positive feedback. I hope last week's episode was kind of a punch in the gut, but also a wake-up call, a reminder of how important it is to allow God to be the focus of our attention, the center of the room, literally, in Martha and Mary's case. We went over some verses in Luke 10 last week, and this week, you know, as we're kind of bringing this idea and this message to an end, we've gone through two examples of what it feels like to be abandoned by God, and then we've gone through last week's example of what it was for our distractions and our own kind of abandoning of Him. And so this week, we're going to kind of close everything out in this nice way. The scripture that I chose for this week that I really felt led to choose was Hosea 6. It's this great summary of how God feels when we abandon him, what he does about it, how he feels about it. Both of those are covered in the verses, but still ends and has this message message of restoration, which is always how God really ends. Even you read through the Old Testament, especially, and you always kind of get a little nervous about how angry he is. But even in those chapters, in the very chapters that God talks about destruction of Israel, his frustration with his people, he'll always end with this message of restoration. He'll always come back with that. And that's exactly what he does in Hosea. So this will be the opportunity for us to kind of close out this message on a note that I think comes clear from God. If you haven't listened to the first three episodes of this entire segment, I encourage you to go back take a listen, take a stroll through some of those, and then listen to this fourth episode. So it'd be the the previous three. And then here's the fourth to kind of close it out. Maybe I'll release them on a package deal. I'm looking at YouTube. Hopefully we can continue to spread the reach of this word, spread the reach of the good news of Jesus Christ on YouTube and continue to allow the show to grow, God willing. So thank you very much for coming back to Talking Jesus. 
Let's get into some worship. As we always do, we worship the living God, how we were designed, our purpose in this life. And then we'll jump right into his word. Thank you so much.
All right, boys and girls, I've been so excited about this message all week. I mean, you know, I'm always wrestling with ideas. Where is this going to go? I'm praying about it. God, take this where you want it to go. There's so many chapters in the Bible that I love. And probably every week you hear me say, oh, this is my favorite book. Oh, this is my favorite chapter. But once again, we're going to be going over my favorite chapter, which now is Hosea 6. Hosea 6 has always stuck with me for some reason. We're going to go through verses 1 through 6 today. But I've kind of feel that there are certain interactions, there are certain times in God's relationship with his people throughout the Bible that really summarize almost the Bible in its entirety in a few verses. And this, I, I strongly feel, is one of them. I don't want to go on too much about it. I figure we just hop right in because we're going to take a slow stroll through them today. But it's Hosea 6, minor prophet Hosea, minor prophet, big message, big words, completely God. It's just so God. It has God written all over it. It has Jesus written all over it. Mind you, this this was written and given to Hosea prior to Jesus' life here on earth and his resurrection, etc., but you can see the prophecy about Jesus in it. It's it's so bold and so loud and so exciting, to be honest. So here we go. Let's just jump right in. Hosea 6, 1 through 6. <laughs> Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. That way... We may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I cut you to pieces with my prophets. I killed you. With the words of my mouth, then my judgments go forth like the sun. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. First off, amen. First off, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for delivering this word, for delivering such a potent and powerful message that should really wake us up on the inside, that should excite our spirit, should stir up the Holy Spirit in us. And if it doesn't, Allow me to kind of take you through some of these verses so you can feel what I'm feeling here. Because these six verses and the whole chapter all together, which I encourage you to read on your own, really, really get me going. So here we go. Back to verse one. First thing, come, let us return to the Lord. So first we have this idea and acknowledgement of abandonment. Clearly as it sits now, we're not close to him. If we have to return to him, this implies that we are away from him, obviously. So keep that in mind. He says, he has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. So right here, God is kind of explaining the fruits, the fruits of what is going on and how our actions have consequences. So 
if we had abandoned the Lord, right? Come, let us return to the Lord, implying that we're not close to him. This is what's come of us. He has torn us to pieces. He has injured us. And there's also this ultimate idea of these things do not escape God. These things that are happening to us, hard to believe, but are in God's hands. Nothing happens outside of God's control. And a lot of times it's safe to say, and we can look throughout the Bible of these examples of God will use the pain, the hurt, and the suffering that we end up enduring as a message, almost like a, a burning that we would know not to touch the stove again. Right when we when we travel so far off the path, we have to recognize that the fruits of our labor are coming to nothing, and we are torn to pieces, and we are injured. God is taking full responsibility of those things, but again, the message of restoration comes through when He says He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our our wounds. Right. And back to the beginning of the verse, come, let us return to the Lord. Right. Acknowledging that we have made decisions. We have to take responsibility of it. Yet God continues to take responsibility for our actions out of his mercy. Although we have abandoned him, he is still willing to heal us. And so if you feel crossed by God, if you feel cut out from the world or from the good things that you have in life, it's probably because you've removed yourself from God, but he's still will, willing if you come home and when you return to him, he will heal you, right? He's not saying he might. We There's only a chance, but uh, let's try. He's saying, but he will heal us. He has injured us, a, like completely true affirmative statement, but he will bind up our wounds, will, as in has the will to do it, is capable and plans to. This is what he's saying, and this is only one verse that we've gotten through, so let's let's just keep it moving, right? Now we're looking at verse 2. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Now, if there's any verse from the Old Testament that has Jesus written all over it, it must be this one, right? Hosea 6, verse 2, right? So there's always this emphasis of the third day in Christians' lives because this is the day of the resurrection. Jesus was crucified and was raised on the third day. So this verse here is telling us, on the third day, he will restore us. So something about the third day will be the thing in time that will restore us. This third day, whatever occurs on this third day, allows us to live in his presence. It restores the relationship between us, right? We still have this verse one responsibility to return to him, right? All sins in the world were forgiven, yet not everyone acknowledges Christ as the one who died for them. And so they miss out on the blessing. They miss out on this gift from God, having not acknowledged the Lord. So now that there's so much emphasis throughout the Bible of this third day, it's not the only time, right? Jonah was dead in the whale or the fish or whatever you want to say for three days. I know some, you know, theologians debate if Jonah actually died. It's not so important. It is the third day, though, that he came back out. And so that's just one of the many examples that we find in the Bible of the importance of the third day, most importantly being the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. 
So now verse three, again, keep in this, keep in this, again, keep in mind the theme of abandonment here, right? Now we're, we are looking in the mirror here and saying, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him as surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. So think to, think to yourself, what are the chances that the sun will rise tomorrow? Right? What are the chances that it will rain in the winter and in the spring? We see, like you can bet your bottom dollar, everything you have your entire life that the sun is going to rise tomorrow morning. And God is saying, as surely as that, something you're so familiar with that you see every day, that's how much of a guarantee I am and more. In fact, I was the one who put the sun in its place. It was me who orchestrated it that way. And as much as you see that as a guarantee, I am more valuable. I am more of a surety. I will execute my judgment and I will do the things that I said I would. If it left my mouth, it were true. So again, verse three starts with, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us acknowledge the one who has done all of this as surely as the sun rises. And first off, there's a repetition here trying to send it home, right? Verse three again, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. In other words, there's this acknowledgement that it's not the easiest thing in the world to do to acknowledge our Lord, but we have to press on to do it. There is nothing more important. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. So all of the things that were revealed to John, these things will happen. His word is on these things. He is the word, in fact. So we have to have faith that he is going to return, and, and we must return to him in the meantime and prepare ourselves for that return. Now, verse four is tough to work with, but think about this. What can I do with you, Ephraim? I think people say Ephraim. I say Ephraim. I don't know. What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. So God is asking us this honest question. He's like, with all of the evil, with all of the abandonment, how far you've gone away from me, how many times you've used my name in vain and, and my, my likeness in vain in that you are a version of me in the world, right? You were made in my tzela or my image, right? All of the bad things you've done with that, don't you deserve a bad thing? He's asking us to look in the mirror here and say, well, he's asking, what can I do with you? How many times have I told you what the right thing was and you've done the wrong? How many opportunities have I given you here, right? He, he's, I feel he's definitely voicing frustration here. What can I do with you, Judah? Right, and these, are, and these are the names of Jacob's sons who become a people who are Israel, but he's, you can just as easily replace your name in there. What can I do with you, Eric? Right? Your love is like the morning mist. In other words, it is there. I see it. I feel it. But as soon as you get caught up in the heat of the day, in the heat of the moment, it's gone. And this is unfair to me, God is saying. Like the early dew that disappears. Right? My love is forever. My, my love is more sure than the sun rising every single day. Yet yours is like the morning mist. 
So he's asking, what can I do with you in this instance? And five, verse five, therefore I cut you into pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. Then my judgments go forth like the sun. So this is something that I love and is such a powerful metaphor that is all over the Bible as well, is this idea that our tongue is likened to a sword. If you read Revelation, Jesus is coming down on his horse and there's a sword coming out of his mouth. And it's this imagery that our tongue is powerful. Jesus' tongue is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? As Paul puts. And that's how it feels when God says something that's so true about us. We can feel it cutting through us. We can feel that we've done wrong, right? There's this conviction in us when we know God is saying something that's true about us. And, and again, this is written many thousand years ago, yet it still reigns true today. Many people, I hope, are listening to this and, and are feeling a little bit of a cut to let you know that you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to let you know that you are sensitive to the truth God is bringing into your life. Right? He said, therefore, I cut you into pieces with my prophets. How it feels. You feel like you've been stabbed by God's word because there is this real conviction. That he, his word is alive and it, in, and it is in you. Then my judgments go forth like the sun. So if you acknowledge that you are dead in your transgressions, again, as Paul says, there's only one way out, and it's through the restoration that God brings to us. There's only one way to restore ourselves back. After abandonment, we have to commit back to God, right? Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. And back in verse 1, come, let us return to the Lord. Then my judgments go forth like the sun. Again, this constant out, outward expression of judgment, this constant outward expression of light like the sun is, is how God will be and treats us as his people. But again, we have to let our old self die, right? He says, I killed past tense, no longer living an old thing. Those transgressions I defeated in my son on the third day. That was referenced in verse two, right? That was a defeated thing. So now my judgment will go forth like the sun, which is also interesting that, okay, it's not purposely doing this. And in, in Hebrew, it's a little bit different. But in English, we read it here, and like the sun, like Jesus comes and has a, a judgment for us, right? And then as surely as the sun rises, well, on the third day, the sun rises, right? The sun of God rises. I, I think it's just um, interesting that even through the interpretation, God still knows and still communicates these beautiful things. But anyway, that's probably just me overextending it a little tiny bit, but I'm glad you're listening here on Talking Jesus. And then verse 6, he brings it home in this beautiful in this beautiful way. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. And to me, this is coming back and echoing this idea of acknowledgement. 
What is it worth to have gone to church and have prayed a prayer there and have sung a song there if as soon as we leave, we abandon him and refuse to hear his word, right? So I, for I desire mercy, which is something that extends out of me abundantly that you might have a chance at life, in fact, or the main message or one of the main messages that Jesus came and preached while he was on earth is this idea of mercy. My desire for my people to each other, especially is mercy. That's all I have, right? As God, that's all I have. He's saying not sacrifice because the sacrifice isn't truly the thing. It's the internal motivation that is important because I understand, yes, you are doing this thing outwardly, but I know on the inside what is going on as well. Right. And he's talking further about his desire in the second half of verse six. And he says, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. So, yes, you can bring the burnt offering to the temple. Yes, you can bring your own financial offering to church. But what is it worth if you abandoned me as soon as you leave? Right. My desire here is for you to acknowledge me in the things that you do that you would return to me, that you would be healed, that, that I would bind up your wounds, that you would live in my presence, right? All of these things are something that he said in this verse, by the way. But all of these beautiful things and promises that God has made to us come as a result of his mercy in our acknowledgement of him. Right, We still have a responsibility here to acknowledge him in the things that we do and the things that we say. So, brothers and sisters, for those of us who are feeling abandoned by God today, I want you to know that there is a way. For those of you who have a spirit that is heavy, I want you to know that God has a new spirit that he wants to put inside of you. Right now, we need to lay down these ideas of, of God abandoning us. He would never do us that way. He would never do that to us. He only had a message of commitment, a message of love and excitement for us. And I just want you all to live in that promise, to live in the boldness and excitement of God. Acknowledge him in all the things that you do and see how the blessings will multiply. See how your attitude and your anxiety about the world changes. See how much love that you have stored up inside of you that you thought was gone will be restored. Just like the third day. Brothers and sisters, it's too important. So right now I'm just going to pray. We're going to give glory to God. And we'll see where this thing goes. So dear Lord Jesus Christ, O Lamb of God, Lord, we just love you so much. We would not be a thing without you. The only good thing about us is you. Lord, we have been cut up by the world. We have been cut up by our own decisions. But we desire a healing that can only come from you. We desire a truth and a wisdom and a love and a mercy that can only come from you. Lord, thank you for the forgiveness and the extension of mercy you have brought through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we just want to live and abide in that message and in that truth that we might feel restored, that we might be restored, that we might be resurrected and made new again. Lord, again, only you can accomplish these things, but we believe it. We receive it by faith today. We receive you by faith today, Lord. There is nothing more important than, not, than an acknowledgement of you. Lord, you are the truth. 
Lord, you are the only way to the Father. Lord, there is no other way besides you, and we love you for it. We thank you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.